So, Trifail Adjust. Little behind the scenes thing here. Uh, this is yep. our fourth time trying to get things going. The equipment has decided to become sentient. There's a there's oh a yeah, that, that's word. a twenty dollar word right there. Yeah, that's a, yeah. For our longtime listeners, the equipment shed the boogie there temporarily. Temporarily, but uh, regardless of what we wanted to talk about last week, we talked to you guys. Thank you for downloading us on iTunes or SoundCloud and following us on Twitter at Switch Coverage. Last week we talked to you guys about diversity. Um, a little bit. Rod and I went to a very diverse high school. Very 3, diverse. 3.0. His, his high school was very Caucasian. Yeah. It was. Lots of white males. Uh, so that led us to <laughs> want to talk about diversity as a whole entire topic. Right? right. So that's what we're going to be diving into. But first, not let me take a selfie. But first, Kyrie to the Celtics. Give me some quick thoughts. Well, one thing is for sure. Danny Ainge knows how to wheel and deal. So... This is a great trade for them, and Kyrie got what he wanted. And, of course, the NBA knows how to stay in the headlines. 3.0. Well, Kyrie Irving's gone from a 50-1 to to 25-1 to to win the MVP since he wouldn't be on LeBron's team. It'll be really interesting to see how he feels about this trade, but the Celtics have definitely put themselves in a position in just four years after just rebuild mode they are in a position at least to be a somewhat formidable challenger to the Cavs which the Cavs really haven't had the last couple of years and exit stage left for LeBron in, in the east too of course well and here's here's the thing the reason I brought up that trade not only because it was breaking news if you watch the 30 for 30 about the Lakers and Celtics mm-hmm. one of the things and I believe it was narrated by Donnie Wahlberg mm-hmm. one, one of the Wahlberg brothers of New Kids in the Block fans. that's right um, one of the things he said is that Boston took pride that that team was very white that's just the fact he said yes. that uh, you had McHale you had Bird you had Ainge right? Walton, Walton Red Auerbach right and I think the city of Boston now this past weekend um, the city of Boston was all over the news because there was a supposed quote unquote free speech rally which if you want to dig under that yeah. might have been another wa- uh, rally for white nationalists mm-hmm. but they were outnumbered about 100,000 to 100 Wow. As far as people that were proponents of uh, not hate, embracing diversity. That was very so cool. awesome for the city of Boston. Yes. That's why I wanted to bring up that trade in particular. Yes, you're going to see um, a, a bit of diversity and changing on those two teams, but I thought it was awesome that we had that happen in the city of mm-hmm. Boston, and now we got this trade uh, keeping the name of that city in the news. Very much so. That was, that was pretty microcosmic of what just happened here. Well, and the, and the fact that Boston also, with the Boston Marathon bombing, uh, Boston has really showed um, how they can really come together uh, in, in face of adversity. And Boston has really been a great example uh, for uh, the rest of American cities. Hashtag trial out the hashtag Boston Strong. Boston Strong, definitely. So before we take you guys to the second part of the show, we're going to tell you what we're going to be talking about. Again, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. So when we talk about diversity, we're going to be looking about, uh, looking at diversity from all the different avenues we always do. It's always sports, movies, music, culture, right? Now, just a, a quick example that I'm going to touch on in the second segment. Think about something like a Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You've got Wookiees. I don't, what, what race was Yoda? Does anybody know his race? I mean, they never really mentioned his... I I bet if I Google it, I can find it. Uh, So you got Wookiees. I mean, you've just got all kind of different... I was a big fan of the Ewoks. Ewoks. Humans and aliens, right? Yes. From all different walks of life. But if you look at the evil empire, they're very... It's black and white. You have your your Sith. They're always draped in black. Darth Vader was all black. Your stormtroopers were all All white. white. So it was very much... um, 
kind of a color washed scheme mm-hmm. behind them and, and then it was almost like they represented the third reich yeah. so i think star wars was a great representation through a science fiction lens of diversity that was very as mike dubos would say eric that was deep from a depth standpoint <laughs> so, so you're asking me about uh yoga right about what yoga, yoga. yeah, yeah yes. okay according to wikipedia which you know that's a very uh great resource um <laughs> sometimes the, <laughs> the, the skin color is green the hair color is all and white thanks and the eye color is green gold race i want i know all that <laughs> yeah I, I know all that about yoda but <laughs> i was does, like thanks does it list his race his ethnicity no, it does not. It he was not. made of the force. I don't know. You know, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> alien. he was full of midichlorians. For, yes. For our nerd people out there. I mean, there's several different things that I'm going to be looking at television and music wise when it comes to diversity mm-hmm. uh, here at switching the coverage uh, podcast and STC media. We are champions of diversity. That's right. Uh, we've done podcasts uh, specifically fierce is beautiful. Shouting out women across all different avenues of life and sports. That is still one of our all-time best. Now, that's one of my all-time favorites because yes. we're in an arena where women tend to be shut down mm-hmm. a lot. But then you have your Jamel Hills, your Sarah Spains, your Kaylee Hartungs, and so forth. One of our followers and listeners, and Ashley Hulk, a big NBA mm-hmm. fan. You know, uh, one of our Twitter followers, uh, Sarah Miss Queen S to the G. Yes, all these different ladies that we can shout out. And Miss Gabby was one of the guests. And Gabby, yeah. your, your daughter, your Rod's daughter, yeah. Gabby was a guest on that show. So w- when we talk about diversity, we're not just talking about ethnicity ethnicity we're talking about gender diversity as well yes uh not this this week 97 years ago this week women had the right to vote in america in 1920 great point on women's suffrage see and that's see that's why we call him mr 3.0 he always has the stats for you guys if you're wondering why we call him 3.0 you're welcome i named you that thank you sir he dubbed it i did i did dub him sir 3.0 um, another show that I think does better at diversity than people realize before we go to break is Game Game of Thrones. I, I know I'm the only one that watches it, but there is a good bit of You've diversity. You've told us there. quite a bit about that, so we've gotten a chance to vicariously experience the diversity through I mean, Mr. Eric. It, it, it is very heavily uh, European, Caucasian, but I mean, if you really dig down to the book itself and what a lot of these people look like, there's several different ethnicities uh, to Game of Thrones underneath underneath the surface. The idiosyncratic nuances. There you go. There, there's a whole $10 sense. Now, to to make you guys excited for us talking about diversity so we don't bore you to sleep we have a very special guest tonight we have award-winning screenwriter bobby del rio That's right will be part of the second and third segment tonight we are so excited to have bobby on follow him on twitter i do believe what's his twitter handle look that up for me i think it's uh i think it's bob man it's at bob man at mm-hmm. bob man at bob man b-o-b-m-a-n so follow him correct. on twitter make sure to follow us on twitter at switch coverage uh so bobby's doing a lot of great things he's, he's got some serious projects uh in the in the works right now award-winning canadian playwright and screenwriter and has some works going on in hollywood but we're gonna have mr bobby del rio on after this first commercial break Not only does everyone love barbecue, everyone also says they know where to find the best barbecue. Well, I'm here to tell you I have found the Holy Grail. Indiana Jones, move over. R&R Barbecue in Birmingham, Alabama. I have tested the food myself. The sides, such as the mac and cheese and the potato salad, taste like they came right out of Granny's kitchen and they are made by hand daily. That's right, daily. No leftover food. No frozen food here. The sauce, which is made from scratch, is a perfect blend of sweet and savory with that perfect hint of barbecue spice kick. 
This sauce will give a mouse the courage to slap a cat. R&R has a restaurant, food trucks that travel the country, and even caters all types of events. Pitmaster Colt Reese was voted by Mobile Cuisines as Best Barbecue Food Truck in 2015 and 16. Back to back. So if you want to that barbecue home-cooked taste on a budget, go to R&R Barbecue. And if you give them the code STC1, you'll get an additional 10% off the family deal. R&R Barbecue, fantastic barbecue for the whole family. You heard me. All right, guys, I am very excited. We have him here live. Actually, he's not in studio. We have upgraded just a little bit. We have via, We're coming up. We have him patched in. Uh, you're, you're out now. Is he out in Cali right now? Mr. Bobby Del Rio. I'm in, I'm in Toronto. Toronto. Oh, he is in Toronto. Toronto, yes. Across the border. Excellent. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Bobby Del Rio. Bobby, go ahead and introduce yourself to all the listeners out there. Hello, everybody. Ladies, I'm <laughs> and he's ready to mingle, right? <laughs> he would fit in perfectly with me. That sounds yes, like something would. the captain would say. Go ahead, Bobby. Keep telling everybody about yourself. Uh, so I'm an actor, writer, and director uh, up here in Canada. I do work um, in the United States quite a bit as well. I have, I've got two screenplays um, in development with a major Hollywood studio right now. We've got like some A-list celebrities attached. Um. You know, I'm, I do a lot of web series and theater and TV up here in Canada. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've won, like, awards and get lots of press. And So, in other words, you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes, and, and that's a very diverse background for real there, man. So, Bobby, again, we are so glad to have you. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say one of the bigger names we've had on Absolutely. had on here is Switching the Coverage. Follow us, follow us on Twitter, at Switch Coverage. Make sure to download iTunes or SoundCloud, Switching the Coverage. So we're just going to jump right in here. So, Bobby and everybody out there listening, what we're talking about this week, again, is diversity. And I wanted to first filter this through the lens of culture. Uh, Bobby, one thing I wanted to ask you uh, with, with any of your screenplays or with you being from Canada and having also spent time in the United States, when you hear the word diversity, what does it mean to you? It's funny you say that. So, okay, so I just wrote a play, it's a published play, and I acted in it, and there was a big hit here. We did it like last week. It was called Professionally Ethnic. Professionally oh, wow. Ethnic. Wow. And okay. the whole point of the play was literally about um, like an actor who gets a starring role but he has to play like an ethnic stereotype. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so really it's all about how people of color are just people too, but a lot of people want to stereotype them. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, so I guess when I hear the word diversity, it kind of depends on who's saying it, right? Because some people just mean like, oh, like everybody's equal, but other people kind of look at it like, oh, like it's time to do another like, Slave movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny you say that because that is so accurate. One of the things I think that people miss is diversity comes at all forms. We we were actually just in the first segment talking about how one of the things we did about diversity was about women in sports and movies and culture. And we shouted out a few of the people that we talked about a few months ago on that particular podcast. But you know, I agree with you, Bobby. Diversity can mean so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do think that one of the misnomers 
that we see even in our society and you guys kind of touched on that was just the fact that oftentimes when we say diversity we're thinking oh well everybody's got an equal opportunity so that means diversity but when it really it should go a step further than that it should go into how i mean we, we call ourselves a melting pot at least here in the united states then there should be diverse interaction as well not just he has just as much of a chance as I do and vice versa, or we're in the 21st century, that type of deal. Precisely. What you got, 3.0? Well, I, I've got a question uh, for you, for Bobby. Um, I see that you're the uh, founder and president of Inclug, which is Canada's largest multicultural network in theater and film and television. What? Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and, and you know, what does that mean to you, and why did you start that? Okay, so basically, um, before Facebook came about, I had this thing where basically I got jobs for actors, writers, directors, producers of color all across Canada. Wow. So, yeah, I was kind of like the point person for multicultural jobs in the country. So people would always contact me when they're trying to, you know, hire people of color for these different creative positions in the industry. So I I set up this, this group with his software and you know we had like thousands of followers and stuff like it was kind of a big deal now facebook came in and kind of stole my thunder um (laughs) facebook did that to everybody yeah facebook yeah i was about to say yeah welcome to the club (laughs) go ahead yeah i mean look facebook is a beautiful thing but it definitely was disruptive um in my case and i think like actually harmful in a way for the community because then everyone started like just kind of like posting their stuff to their own people because everybody has their own networks now. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of what I had done is I had set up this network with like the top arts organizations for all the different cultures uh, in Toronto, but really they extended across the country. So my network was vastly superior, but people just wanted to kind of like rock their own people. And unfortunately, I feel like the communities are more divided today than they were when I had and running include more sort of actively so so you what you're saying here is you've actually seen even though technology is furthering itself or or, or like facebook is furthering itself you've actually seen it become a little more sectionalized as a result unfortunately well i think so right i mean it's just kind of like the proliferation of media it's like okay cool like every now there's like so many sources to get your news from but then you know, I think people lose the sort of shared experience of having that one main place that everybody goes to. You, you know what's interesting? Uh, I was just, uh, you know what's interesting when you talk about shared experiences? I, I love that you said that because we were talking about last week as far as with high school, for instance. It was so treasured because of it, it, it was a shared experience. And it's, it's really kind of cool that you're mentioning that from a diversity standpoint. So, uh we we you talk about shared experiences my question to you would be you know you've obviously had the chance to work in canada and you you've been able to give us a little bit about how things are from a relational standpoint there and you've gotten a chance to work in the united states have you seen any major differences well the biggest difference to be honest is that the racism in the united states just seems to be a bit more obvious (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what I mean? Like, like all this Trump stuff. You know what I mean? It's like the skinheads are out, and they just they don't like people. And then the other people are like, well, we don't like you. We're in Canada. It's not like that. It's kind of like you kind of have to guess. 
<laughs> you know that's actually that's actually scary to me. I would rather know who wants me dead than not know who wants me dead, right? I mean, I, I, obviously, I don't want white nationalists and neo Nazis and skinheads again. And here, switching the coverage, we are champions of diversity. I don't want them marching up and down the streets or the aisles anywhere. But I do feel a sense of comfort knowing who the enemy is, right? <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair yeah. to say. I know where they are. Right, I know who they are and where they are. Exactly. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> right, yeah, right, exactly. You know, one of the things I wanted to look at, and, th- and thank you so much for your insight. Now, diving in more specifically here, like we do every week, I'm going to give you guys an example. Uh, Girls Trip, the movie with Queen Latifah and yes. Taraji B. Henson, we've heard a lot of buzz about that. Girls Trip has broken $100 million at the box office. Mm-hmm. Their budget was only $20 million. Exactly. They've made their budget five times over. Mm-hmm. So, Bobby, you being in the movie industry, I, it's safe to, for me to say that that is a big deal, yes? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of money, man. So the, my thing with that is a lot of times what you see in Hollywood is movies that are African-American-centric in the casting, mm-hmm. like A Girl's Trip, or think of like uh, The Best Man. That movie mm-hmm. was very that was awesome. Or, or e- even if you uh, want to th- take a, like a Latino-centric movie, uh, uh, up the top of one, uh, La Bamba. That's, yes. that, that's an older one, La Bamba, uh, story of Richie Valens. Yeah, right? Selena was actually another one. Selena is another one. A lot of times those movies don't get the same monetary push that they do from studios from for, say, something like, a girl's night at night out with uh, like Scarlett Johansson, yeah. right? Yeah. So what we're actually seeing is Hollywood is starting to pick up on the fact Black Panther is another one. Mm-hmm. Everybody's excited about Black mm-hmm. Panther. Hollywood's starting to pick up on the fact that movies where you have a diverse cast and you uh, champion diversity through gender and ethnicity, it can be something that does very well at the theaters. It, it, exactly. Oh, look, I, I'll tell you quite honestly. So I have got two scripts in development that one of the biggest studios in the world. One I co-wrote and one I wrote myself, and they have they have very diverse cast. Excellent, fact, cool. The diversity of the cast is part of the reason that the studio is so interested in making the movie. Uh, B- Bobby, for people that want that are acting or inspired to be actors, or maybe even uh, uh, kids that are listening to right now, uh, do you feel more hopeful? For doors continuing to open, do you feel like that the next five years will continue to see a trend of doors opening for diversity and, uh, in casting? Okay, so here here's a, a pretty cool story that answers that question pretty well, I think. Okay, so ten years ago, I wrote this play called Professionally Ethnic, and everybody told me that this play was racist. I shouldn't be allowed to write it. Nobody wanted to do it. Even my girlfriend at the time was like, what are you doing, buddy? He just used one of my lines. <laughs> he used one of my <laughs> girlfriend Bobby, at the time. Bobby, you got to go back okay. and li- you got to go back and listen. Years later. <laughs> Bobby, you got to go back and listen to some of our older shows and count the number of times I said the girl I was dating at the time. Bobby, you fit right in with us. Go ahead. I mean, that was like a 10 episode. Go- <laughs> you know, I, I literally. Wait, wait, 10 years You know, and that's just what we were just talking about here with uh, so many uh, of your your uh, diverse cast now all of a sudden starting to 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 pick up steam. So, uh, so Bobby, for you, then you would you would uh, you would agree that 
we 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 definitely have to get out of that that mindset because we actually said on that last uh previous episodes how it did so well but oftentimes there's a stereotype of you know if it's a black or if it's a latino uh, uh studied cast that it was it was a pleasant surprise that it did so well it's almost like the expectation wasn't there for it is that something that you're seeing that hollywood uh and the movie industry uh in general is is, is trying to shed right now yeah i think it's changing man i mean to be honest like in the last couple of years my career's been so hot and everything i do is is diverse and multicultural. It's just part of who I am, right? I'm, I'm like mixed race. I'm like half Chinese, half Italian. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's I never like, would have guessed that with the last name Del Rio. I never would have guessed uh, that. My name, people think I'm Spanish, but the name is originally Spanish, but it's actually Italian. My dad's wow. from Rome. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I was wrong, guys. I was wrong. So, Bobby, one of the things, I want, we're, we're going to take it around the table. My example was Star Wars that I gave in the first segment. But just, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, more recent examples. But when we talk about diversity, Bobby, name some films that you feel like really were champions of diversity uh, that impacted your life. Then we're going to take it around the table. Bobby first. Wow, that's a really good question because I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. If anything, it's the opposite. It's, if anything, it was like a lack of films with diversity hmm. that really Which is true. burned my ass to, to like tell the kind of stories that I want to tell. Hmm. And, and, I, and I agree with that. See, and he, he makes the point that I even wasn't even attempting to pull out of him, mm-hmm. which the lack of diversity is driving people to try to create more. So excellent answer, Bobby. 3.0. Well, I, I'm I'm struggling to think about a movie that was a diverse movie uh, that really pulled something you know pulled something out of me. I mean, I'm really I mean, unfortunately, the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sandlot, Sandlot, Sandlot. Sandlot. You know, I mean, I I actually remember the uh, remember the Titans because they had to come together to be uh-huh. successful. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, listeners. Hit us up on Twitter, at Switch Covers. Tell us which movies you think were champions of diversity that really uh, made you feel something and moved you maybe emotionally or made you think a little bit. Uh, Crash. There's a good one. That was Crash. a very good one. Oscar winner for Best Picture, Crash. Now, that one was like a brick to the face. It made you understand what was going on in uh, people's different backgrounds and ethnicities. So I think that one, uh, my, my sister's best friend, Sierra, hates that movie, but it still was a champion of diversity just from mm-hmm. a movie standpoint. So music. Let's talk about music and diversity in music. Mm-hmm. 3.0, we know you're an Elvis fan. Uh, Bobby, what kind of music are you listening to these days? Uh, I listen to, to all kinds of music. Um, to be honest, like I more like kind of play my own music. Like I play guitar and I sing. Oh, okay. He's a writer. He plays guitar. Uh-huh. He's trying to steal my women, bro. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was about to ask you this here, Bobby. Like, you're lucky I'm in Canada, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, being in Toronto, is it like a prerequisite that everybody has to be a Drake fan up there? I've worked with Drake twice, actually. Oh, wow. Oh, so so yeah. c- could you possibly get him to join us on switching the coverage? Plug, plug. No. I- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, nah, no, nah, fam, no, nah, fam. He shut that down real quick. That's not going to happen. He's, he's a cool cat, though, man. He's very driven. Um, you know, he's he's very ambitious. I mean, I, hi- I actually hired him for a short film I produced. Um, and he's just a, he's a, a consummate professional... He's a really polite human being. He's a, he's a very talented actor. He's a great, great artist, great guy. 
and he, yeah. he's biracial, biracial kid. Yeah. And the reason I point that out, again, diversity. We're talking about diversity. Mm-hmm. For me, when you look at music, for, for me, my musical taste was, what wasn't always very eclectic and wasn't always diverse. There's a $10 word for you. you. Uh, I, I, my, my musical taste was historically R&B and hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, it grew to listening to Creed, listening to Puddle of Mud, Blink-182, um, you know, uh, that alternative kind of teen rock because it wasn't true rock music yeah i got into mm-hmm. Jimi hendrix i got into the doors my dad was actually a big a huge Jimi hendrix fan um and i found out he was a big johnny cash fan he was a big beatles fan elvis fan so as i got older and i think i see this in a lot of people as you get older is when your musical taste starts to diversify it, it absolutely does and and i know for myself i, I was big with uh with R and B and and different things like that. In fact, uh, most people know I, I did a a stint as a R and B DJ. But of course, uh, in high school, we were part of a very diverse uh, group there, and that really opened things up because not only just from what they listened to, but you remember we had a lot of people who had very gifted musical and acting talents that were a part of our circles in the different schools like that we Bao. went to. Bao, who's a music producer yeah, now, and he was an absolute savant uh, musically speaking, and. And, and because we were exposed to that and we got a chance just to see these people's genius, it really totally opened us up. And I can definitely say that for myself. 3.0, before I come to you, just as an example, a current example, Despacito. The original song was very popular across Latin culture. And then when it was remixed with uh, Justin Bieber, it became an American hit over the summer of 17. It, it's been like number one for what, like three months now? You literally can't go anywhere without hearing Despacito. Bobby, you hate that song yet? That's okay. That's okay. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. We have found we have found uh, the one in the hundred, right? Three point oh. Like Netflix, man. Like I unplugged from Netflix because even though I'm in the in the industry, I'm in the business. Like I'm so focused on making my stuff. Yeah, it, like I don't really make the time to watch other people's stuff because it's hard to do two things at once. You know. Absolutely, not living vicariously through them, huh? You know, that's inspiring in a lot of ways because when it comes to diversity. When, when it doesn't matter where you're looking, the lack of diversity that people see, in my opinion, actually creates more lack of diversity. That's a good point. So with him being unplugged that way, it allows him to do more of what he's doing. So I want to applaud you for that, sir. Go ahead, 3.0. Well, I actually wanted to ask uh, Bobby, uh, you, you've told us kind of what your goal is about creating diversity through what you do, but is there uh, an experience? We talked about shared experiences earlier. Is there, is there an experience as a child or uh, you know, what what actually sparked that dream that you spoke of earlier? Uh, like a dream of being like an actor, or is a dream of like sort of like telling the stories I want to tell? Well, yeah, I mean, what what sparks you to want to tell these stories? What sparks you to want to focus on diversity as your you know as as kind of what your as a focal point yeah as a focal point is there an experience as a, as a child or is there something that happened in your experience that uh made you uh drive towards uh this goal which you have yeah yeah okay so like honestly like i i never experienced racism in my whole life until i became a professional actor wow wow mm-hmm. Yeah, so my, like my, you know, my dad is Italian, my mother is Chinese, everyone in my family is kind of mixed, so I grew up in a very, like, you know, sort of harmonious world, like, racially, and all my friends are very accepting, I have so many friends of different backgrounds, my school was very diverse, I was always, like, the lead in all the plays in, like, high school and university, 
you know, I was a really good actor, right? So I would just get the best parts kind of thing. And then uh, once I became a professional, all and I had I was at some of the best agencies up here in Canada. All my auditions were like, were like the ethnic thug, you know, the, the Spanish pirate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the native healer, like just but just like small roles. Usually bad guys. Usually I would be killed very fast. <laughs> So, so, hold on, three point. Uh, he makes such an excellent point that you tend to see in films. A lot of actors get, end up being typecast, right? Yeah, yes. Like, sure. like for example, Al Pacino did not originally want to do Goodfellas, mm-hmm. right? Because he didn't want to be cast as an Italian gangster. They had to convince Joe, uh, not not Goodfellas, The Godfather. I'm sorry, yeah, The Godfather. Godfather. Excuse me. Uh, Joe Pesci didn't want to be in Goodfellas. Neither did Robert De Niro. I mean, even though he had been in The Godfather Part Two, because they tried to avoid being typecast, but a lot of times what you see is you see the same actor playing the same role over several different films. Danny Trejo is a, good, is a great mm-hmm. example of that. Danny Trejo, we've seen him in sev- several films, but kind of the same character, whether it was in Heat or Machete, yes. right? And, and so, Bobby, yeah, man, I... If you would have seen my acting career in my 20s, like, I shot so many white people in the face. <laughs> 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 my job, man. That was your job, was to shoot at the white people. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, so moving, moving a little bit into man, yeah, I love having this guy as a guest. This is perfect. So, moving a little bit just to a cultural standpoint, you said something that struck a chord with me. We've talked about this, not necessarily on the air. We tried to avoid politics, but we've talked more about being champions of uh, saying the right thing and standing up for something that we believe in. Obviously, if you're a neo-Nazi and we've offended you, you can cut us off and unsubscribe mm-hmm. right now. If you're a white nationalist and we offended you, you can cut us off and you can unsubscribe you know to go. right now. Or you can talk to us on Twitter at Switch Coverage. We have a whole social media team that you will entertain for a whole day. <laughs> I promise you, you won't upset them. Throw every epithet you got at them because they're coming right back at you. But the point I'm making here is this. We are such champions of diversity. And one of the things that we were looking at is that you know, whether it's American society, Canadian society, we hope to see a world, uh, whether it's through art or music or just everyday experiences where people feel like that they can come together and can understand that they can come together. Because, Bobby, one of the things that I will tell you and tell me if you disagree or agree is that, yes, across cultures, people are so very different. But at the end of the day, basic human needs and basic humanism tends to transcend cultural lines. Look, man, at the end of the day, I think a human is a human. You know what I mean? I mean, I can get along with you guys as much as I can get along with Asians, as much as I can get along with black people, as much as I can get along with anybody. I mean, if a person's a good person, it doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I've always heard it this way. At the end of the day, everybody wants to be accepted, and they want to feel like they matter. And that's the lens that everything that's done, no matter who you are, that's what we look for. Go ahead, 3.0. Anything you got? Uh, I, I agree totally. I'm just... Um I'm going to ask a question because we, we, we are heard all over the world. we got countries listening to us. Uh, but uh, since uh, American culture is such a focal point for even people uh, that are watching internationally, uh, I'm curious in Canada, do you feel like as far as racism, do you feel like it's any different in Canada or is it, or is it, the, or is it the same uh, level as you've, as you've uh, experienced in America? Well, I mean, he did tell us, Bobby did tell yeah. us that it is more overt mm-hmm. here yeah. in America. It's more pronounced and out in the open. So, right. so, 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 I, so I got that. But I, yeah, I, it's a good question, though, because it's hard to measure, right? Because, like, in Canada, like, people, everybody is so nice to your face. 
<laughs> you don't know what they're saying behind your back. No new friends. No new friends. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bobby. Sometimes, I don't know if you have, like, sometimes there's, like, like, CBC is, like, a big television company here. I've done yeah. a bunch of stuff with them. But sometimes they'll write, like, an article or something, and there'll be all these, like, hidden comments. Like, you know, like, you don't, people don't reveal their identity. Code words. the most racist stuff come out of people's mouth up here in Canada, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> right, no, I, and I get it, I get it, and but see, that's that's something that that we understand because we have listeners, and literally in so many countries, we, we've lost count. Shout out to our England crew and our Australia crew. Is that you know racism exists everywhere? Yes, uh, discrimination exists everywhere. We hope to see a world where people can understand, as you said, a human is a human. We're going to have differences. The three of us are so very different. And, very. and yet, besides me and 3.0, if you get us talking politics, you put us in a room and we won't kill each other. Yeah. Right? Yes, that's right. Um, but, you know, Bobby, one of the things that I, I wanted to share with the people, because I kind of got off track, I wanted to mention a few specific people, like just with music, because this is on my mind, that I think have done really well with being diverse in music. Now, Bobby, I understand you don't necessarily understand. You're not big into pop culture. But just for me, guys, Justin Timberlake, he can go yes. from pop to R&B almost seamlessly. Yes. I think that is a great example. Now, historically, Michael Jackson, yes. pop, R&B, king of pop, he was world-renowned, world-beloved. Mm-hmm. So give me a couple examples, you two guys, and uh, and we'll go back and we'll go back to talking to Mr. Bobby here. Go ahead, Rod. Uh, I would obviously say Mariah Carey pre New Year's Eve show, <laughs> pre nervous breakdown, <laughs> pre nervous breakdown. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and definitely uh, Whitney Houston was another example. I'm gonna give you one more. The Beatles. The Beatles transcended all I, cultural lines. I think I think the Beatles, were, especially from an early standpoint, I think they set the standard for diversity at least in the early going. Right. They did a very good job of that. So, from a sports standpoint, Bobby, uh, are you a big sports fan? Yeah, I'm definitely a big sports fan. Who, who are your teams? Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I like all the Toronto teams, but I, I'm like a big basketball guy. So, actually, 3.0 can probably speak to this, but like, so I'm a big fantasy, fantasy sports guy. Okay. Uh-oh. So are we. So yeah. are we, all three of us. It's coming soon, right? I actually had um, a column in the United States two years for a pretty good website up there and I got invited to the Yahoo Friends and Family Fantasy Basketball League. Wow. And I finished in second place, man, and that's like, you know, one of the most famous fantasy basketball leagues in the world. That's wow. that's insane. Now we have the number two bracketologist for college basketball. You know how they do the, the, the brackets and everything for the college basketball tournament? We have the number two bracketologist in the world here in studio with that's, us, Mr. Rod. That is beat. correct. So that's pretty cool. You got you two got something in common. Yes. So big uh, big Raptors fan, I would assume. Yeah, I gotta be a big Raptors fan, man. Come on. Who now? Who who's your favorite player on the Raptors? Um, I mean, I really like the team. I mean, I've been a fan for you know twenty years. So he's smart. He didn't name anybody. Yeah. He's smart. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Bobby. Like, you know, the players come in and out. And, you know, I've got the historical context. First of all, I'm a big basketball fan, so I appreciate just basketball in general. But I've also seen pretty much every team the Raptors have put out there for 20 years. Right. I'm going to say Lowry because he's our leader. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really like an individual player kind of guy. No, that's fair because that's actually that's how I follow European soccer. I follow the teams more than I do the mm-hmm. players. That's completely fair. I, I, now, I think it's safe to say two of the bigger names that have been uh, members of the Toronto Raptors, Vince Carter and Chris Bosh. Yes, yeah, so historically, um, just over time. Now, I like DeRozan too. Though. I like Demar Derozan. Yeah, yep. and I, I love to see Drake on the cl- on the sideline, like almost like he's uh, 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 <laughs> uh, an uh, honorary coach for the evening, <laughs> clapping at the players and so yeah, forth. Yeah. 
Well, the assumption is you being Canadian that uh, hockey is going to be up there. Are you a big hockey fan? I mean, honestly, like, I love basketball. I do know hockey as well because if I don't know anything about hockey up here, like people just kick my ass. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do doesn't matter what diversity you are, right? Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm a big Montreal Canadiens fan, although the, the Maple Leafs are doing pretty well. Now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you know, I gr I, growing up, I was actually a big hockey fan. Now, I was a Mario Lemieux Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I was a so. big Rangers fan with Mark Messier back then. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of great high school basketball players coming out of Canada now. Like you had Andrew Wiggins. Mm. Uh, you, you've had uh, uh, what Jamal Murray that's in the uh, NBA right now. And, and you got some kids in high school that are coming up that are, like, ridiculous. So, yeah, we just beat. We just beat you guys, I think, in the, the under-18. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Kentucky fan, and, and, yeah, John Calipari was coaching the team. They just got beat by Canada. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you, you just shut you just shut Rod up for the whole night. Thank yeah. you. We, we, I'll, we I'll go to my that. hole and crawl in it right now. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> so, Bobby, go, go ahead. Respect American basketball. You know what I mean? Like, U.S. basketball is the best basketball in the world, bar none. But I will say, I forgot his name, but we have a guy on the Canadian squad who's pretty much considered – like they're going to be the number one overall pick in two years. R.J. Barrett. That's it. Mm -hmm. R.J. Barrett. Look at him. He does know his sport. Because his dad was his dad was on the national team, right? Rowan Barrett. Yes. There yep. you go. There you go. All right, so Bobby, we've thoroughly enjoyed having you. We're going to keep you around for the third segment. Uh, I mean, we, we touched on everything we wanted yeah, to we touch did. on, as yeah. we always do, when we let Mr. Bobby do his thing. Again, follow him on Twitter. Tell everybody your Twitter handle, Bobby. My Twitter handle is at BobMan. At Bob, man. 3.0, you got one more thing? Well, I, I want to know, you, you talk about some of the uh, stuff you produced. Is there a way that our audience can find your your actual, uh, your films and, and, and can actually uh, look and watch, it, watch your work? Yeah, so I'll, I'll plug three Twitter handles. We've got at IRL, the series, um, in real life, the series. Uh, it's like all about social media. It's a web series I created. We sold the television. Uh, I'm also um, the male lead actor in a show called My Roommate's an Escort. On Twitter, we're at, at Escort Roommate. Um, and I also wrote and directed a feature film about Wall Street called The Market. And we're on Twitter at, at The Market Movie. Perfect. Very cool. Perfect. And I'm going to make sure to put that in the show description. We're, we'll be up on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud and you're a first-time listener via Mr. Bobby Del Rio, make sure to subscribe to us, Switching the Coverage. That way you can get every episode every week. And follow us on Twitter, at Switch Coverage. Check us out on Facebook, Switching the Coverage. We're going to take you guys to a commercial break and come back and finish up. I got something special we're going to do in this, okay. in, in this last segment to kind of tie it back to diversity. Right. Courtesy of Sarah S. to the G. She inspired this with her with a, with a little... Uh, rant she had on Twitter right before we started the show. So we're going to take you guys to that next break. Do you need your air conditioning or your heating service? Maybe you need just an installation. It doesn't matter whether you're commercial or residential. Call 205-991-7529 Air 280 Service. Licensed, bonded, and insured. They have an A-plus rating by the BB&B &B, and the team here in Switching the Coverage has used them ourselves. Tell them that Switching the Coverage sent you and they'll take care of you today. All right, guys, so we got something very special coming to you. We still have Mr. Bobby Del Rio. Follow him on Twitter, at Bob Man. 
on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Switch Coverage. Now, for this last segment, you know we always like to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. This was inspired by the queen of the Twitter fans for uh, STC Media and the at Switch Coverage podcast, Miss Sarah S to the G. S to the G. So how what, you doing? What she was talking about on Twitter earlier, she pulled me into the argue into the argument. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Just Like Water One Seven. Uh, she was arguing back and forth with people. Do pickles and chicken go together? And she made an excellent point that Chick Fil A built their empire off of putting pickles on top of chicken and making a sandwich. You know, there's some circles, quote unquote, in the South that like that. Like I know Nashville. Right. Don't 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 do it, right? The Nashville and the hot chicken or whatever with with the pickles is cool. I don't like pickles on chicken, man. I don't. I don't. Everyone get stuck in a pickle. <laughs> So, so what we're going to be talking about is different foods that we think are very representative of cultures and how they just show cultural differences. Now, I'm going to spin this just a little bit. All right. I think it is very southern cornbread. That is a southern staple. Cornbread is cornbread southern. is a southern staple. That's a, that's a, that's a southern staple. Be, being a Canadian, Bobby, have you ever eaten cornbread? Um, I think I've had it at like like a Cajun restaurant. <laughs> And see Cajun, so it was a, right, it was a southern southern inspired. There right? you go, there you go. Well, what, you, what what's a uh, what to you is the most southern food to you that just in your in your mind? I don't know, like fried chicken or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go, fried <laughs> there chicken. You go. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's a layup. So, Bobby, when you think of something that's very just tied directly to any culture or any culture that's meaning meaningful to you, even uh, what are what are some foods or a food that you think is just has a very clear cultural distinction? Um, I mean, my favorite food is jerk chicken. Oh, jerk chicken, man! That's actually Jamaican, am I yes, wrong? Yes, it is, man. I you you go to Jamaica and have some jerk chicken. Is not it's not like that stuff it's that lit, they have here. As the kids would say, it, it's it lit. is lit. It's lit. It's lit. What, Literally lit. What is it about jerk chicken that you like, Mister Del Rio? I don't know. It's just got like really unique spices. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's very, and I've, I've had it in Jamaica. It's just like they've got their own thing. There's nothing like it. I just it really is. Like it. And that's something that everyone tells us is whether it's authentic Italian food, authentic Southern food, if you have a certain cuisine away from its uh, uh, point of origin, mm-hmm. it's just not the same. Excellent point, Bobby. Yeah, my wife, one of her top five favorite foods is jerk chicken. 3.0, what you got? Well, uh, I think it's also interesting how uh, especially uh, food, in America, they have Americanized food, uh, you know, foreign foods to where it's not really the same. If yeah, correct. Or somewhere else. So if you talk to, uh, and, and I know you come from a diverse, different family, but I've heard people that, you know, you say you like Japanese food in America, but if you go to Japan, it's like. It's completely different. It's completely right. different. Or, or like, even the Chinese Like, food I say that I like sushi, but I've only had Americanized sushi. If I went to Japan, I wonder if I would actually like sushi. Bobby, you a sushi fan? Uh, yeah, no, I like sushi. I'm more like in the sashimi. It's, it's an interesting point, though. Like, even here in Toronto, you know, and I'm half Chinese, but when I eat Chinese food, I go right to Chinatown because <laughs> food is more of an authentic experience. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. So, so, uh, so help me out. What, I mean, with, with you having such a diverse uh, family, uh, did you have, like, meals that were, like, just all kind of different foods from different backgrounds? I like to tell people I am a stereotypical Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you mean by that. All right. So it's like I'm going to like, so my grandmother would make, like, on the Chinese side, it would be all like authentic Chinese sushi, like be cooking all day, 
and like these dishes, the same kind of dishes you could find in Chinatown. <laughs> she would just make in her kitchen. And then my dad was all about like making like pasta and like Italian. Like, yeah, I was about to say, did you guys have any hybrids? Yeah, man, I'm a stereotypical Chinese Italian. I love it. I love it. Stereo. So, so when you had dinner, would it be like a a good a good. Uh, Italian pasta mixed with some nice uh, nice Chinese food. How did, how did that fit together? Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. It was basically picked. Like one day is one, one day is Italian. Oh, okay. Kind of went back and forth. Now, uh, for our our American audience, if they come to Toronto, what are what what is Canadian food, or what is what is something that in Toronto that would be specific to uh, the city of Toronto yeah. or or the uh, country of Canada? I mean, Toronto is amazing because we have every culture in the world represented. We have so many different kinds of food. But if you're looking for a Canadian staple, you probably want to get yourself some poutine. What is that? that? Poutine, poutine, I mean, it'll make you fat, but it's tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, any kind of good food makes you fat. I was about to say, yeah, we we, we know about that in the South. So what is that? It's like French fries with like a bunch of like cheese curds on them they're called like a bunch of cheese and then you put a bunch of gravy on it oh it so like smothered french fries yeah that's what we would probably call is, it here. Is, is there a place that we can order online and have it shipped <laughs> i knew he was gonna say that after that deliver to you where you're at but you could call them we could oh, try man. we could try all right so our listeners again follow bobby on twitter at bob man follow us on twitter at switch coverage we want you to tell us some of your favorite foods that are very specific either regionally or uh, from an ethnic standpoint mm-hmm. and where you've been that it just was not the same once so, you left that point of so, origin so 3.0 what is yours what is, what is what is your yeah we didn't hear from yeah. you what is my what? what what is your favorite food that's that's considered like an ethnic food or a staple or, or, or regional or, or regional, regional. Well, obviously, I, I'm from the uh, southern region, so uh, soul food is is my favorite uh, ethnic food. And uh, I mean, hey, give give me give me some give me some fried chicken. Oh, I knew you was gonna go fried chicken or fried okra. Yeah, yeah, or, fr- well, fried okra. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. I gotta go with uh, the, the the rant I did for Black History there. One of the best Black History staples around. You gotta go with them collard greens. Yeah, with collard green pepper sauce. Super. Collard green. Oh sauce. man, that that yeah. was see that was just a bad bad knockoff. So so we gotta uh, call Publix out for that. So 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 Bobby, uh, I, I learned a long time ago uh, you had not because you asked not. So I'm gonna go out on a limb here in front of this whole audience and take a risk. Uh, do I have any shot at all of you flying me in and me getting a screen test? <laughs> Why don't, why don't you just send me your demo reel email we'll start there <laughs> hey 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 I've, I've got a shot i'm like the guy in dumb and dumber i've got a chance so you're telling me there's a chance there's a chance shout out the lloyd christmas i'll be sending you that uh, i got to practice like all weekend uh, coming up and i'll send it to you <laughs> what were you saying bobby your ass down unless you're brilliant though i'll tell you that. <laughs> that's right that's i love it 3.0 shot is shot he hit the rim though but see, here's the thing. He hit the rim, but it, it, it's rolling around the rim. You never know. He might send him an awesome demo reel. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of grazed the front. It's actually kind of bouncing around in the back right now. We'll see what happens. And major shout-out to the producers and screenwriters at Billions, uh, who we stayed in contact with. We did a lot of work for them on Twitter at Switch Coverage. Bobby, that's all we got for the people this week. You have been an absolute joy to have. Awesome. We hope to have you on again in the future. We're definitely going to stay in contact. Again, follow Bobby on Twitter at Switch Coverage. Uh, any, any last words you want to say to the people this week? 
I just want to say thank you for having me. And, you know, sometimes here in Canada, sometimes they say crazy things about Americans because we don't really know Americans and they seem so crazy. But I've had so many good experiences. You guys are really great human beings. And I just thank you for your time. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, it's been thank great. Thank you so much. And, and definitely keep us uh, posted on, on how things are going for you. Yes, and definitely keep us posted on that screenplay you got in the works. Guys, watch out for Bobby Del Rio. We're going to go ahead and get you guys out of here. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed getting to know Bobby. We will see you here switching the coverage next week.